Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. Benjamin Franklin You're listening to the Matt Gore Podcast, where freedom reigns for now. The Harnett County Board of Education was true to their word in their September and October meetings. On August 19th, they caved to the pressure from the governor and the media and voted to mandate masks in schools. They did this based on the Strong Schools Toolkit put in place by North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. They claimed that their hands were tied. Now, I see it differently, but we're going to move on. They said that they would readdress this as soon as they could and make masks optional and figure out how to get around the toolkit. Well, in September, at their monthly meeting, they did just that. They voted to make masks optional beginning on October 5th, which just so happened to be the day after their next meeting. Now, this made everyone happy that wanted optional masking, but it also made us uneasy. We truly believe that the majority of the board members wanted to make masks optional or parents' choice, but we weren't sure if they had the backbone to really see it through. Now, we remained vigilant in communicating with the board and the superintendent. We held meetings on on how to addressed the board in October, and we kept our eyes on the data that supports parents' choice. We showed up to the meeting in September, and we showed up again on October 4th. Now, in the meantime, between the September and October school board meetings, a new figure in the debate emerged. Someone craving the media spotlight, a local expert, if you will, a narcissist that believes we are beneath her, someone who referred to those who supported parents' choice as less than well-educated. Her name is Dr. Lori Langdon. She is a pediatrician in Lillington, North Carolina, and she knows everything. Just ask her. On the morning of October 4th, the date of the meeting, it was reported by the local news that the board would be addressing the masking policy and quarantine links based on a letter written by the county health director, John Rouse. The letter opposed the board lifting the mask mandate and shortening quarantine times. Now, in digging into this, it was discovered that Dr. Langdon was on the agenda to speak during the COVID-19 update. We were already inspired to attend the meeting and speak in support of the board's decision in September. But once we found out about this letter and saw her name on the agenda, that inspiration amplified. We showed up. We made our voices heard. We were polite but forceful. We shared data that supported lifting the mask mandates. We shared stories of how our children have struggled with these masks when it comes to anxiety, nosebleeds, headaches. We shared data from the CDC that refuted all of Dr. Langdon's data. Her data wasn't wrong per se, but incomplete. Her data doesn't show the complete story, but I'll have more on that later. We got to make our voices heard, then Mr. Rouse and Dr. Langdon got to speak. I really got the impression that Mr. Rouse did not want to be there. And he certainly didn't plan to speak, but he was asked to. His argument against shortening the quarantine time was, well, let's say less than compelling. If 
I guess what I'm concerned about is the seven and ten day, you know, if they get a PCR test and not the rapid test, do you still feel the same way about coming back less than 10 days? Is what I'm at. Because I don't under, if it's a PCR test, that's pretty accurate, correct? That, that's, that, that's the gold standard. Okay, PCR. so if they have a negative PCR test day eight, what is the problem bringing them back before 10 days? Is, is there a difference in, you know, seven and 10 days? We're getting more on the split. Maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, yeah. we, 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 we both, we, we understand. Dr. Lane then gave a presentation that echoed the data she had previously put forth on her YouTube channel. She was then asked questions that she really didn't have an answer for. Because I think you guys get this, but a lot of people don't. My mask protects you and your mask protects me from you. So what a beautiful opportunity is this to actually teach our children empathy and compassion for their classmates who may have even no compromise family members at home, children in their room that may be sick themselves. This is a beautiful opportunity for us to demonstrate compliance and care for our fellow citizens by protecting them from our respiratory droplets. So the World Health Organization recommends that we not decrease mitigating strategies until our positivity rate is less than 5% for at least two weeks. Is uh, that recommended by the American Medical Association or the Pediatric Association? Yes, sir. So the mask mandate is encouraged by every professional organization of which I am aware, certainly all the ones I'm a member of. Um, the North Carolina Pediatric Society has 2,300 pediatricians, and we're all in agreement about this. The American Medical Association, again, all in agreement. The American Academy of Pediatrics, um, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the World Health Organization. You get the idea. There's really not a lot of controversy on the... Oh, I didn't mean that one. I meant the 5%. Mm -hmm. That was World Health Organization. But is that accepted by the United States Associations? It's quoted by them. I've seen it in some of my literature from the AAP. So I presume so. The board began to discuss the matter before voting, and board member Donald Godfrey had this to say. Yes, sir. For all the good people that was here tonight, thank you so much for coming. For the ones listening, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, I know we try as a board, I know everybody on the board very well, and I think we try as a board to do what we think is best for Harnett County Schools. And I can honestly say that this Chinese germ warfare is what I call it. That's my opinion as to what's been laid upon us. Uh, it is doing more harm to this nation than anything I've experienced in my 69 years of being here. It's caused, caused families to turn against each other. It's caused neighbors to turn against each other. Parents, children, friends, all because we have a different opinion. And you know, everybody is entitled to their own opinion because this is a free nation. Supposed to be the freest country in the world. We thrive on that. We thrive on our freedom. And please, I would just ask you to refrain, if you're listening to me, from calling one of us a dummy or ignorant, because I'm not going to call you that. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to stoop that way. Uh, and you might do something that I don't agree with, but I'm still not going to do it. And I'm sure we'll do things up here that, that you don't agree with on the time-to-time -time period. 
but but please don't don't take it to the to the limits by calling names and putting stuff on Facebook because that's just shaming yourself. All it's doing. That's all I have, Mr. Chairman. The board took a vote and again remained true to their word and made masks optional beginning October 5th. Now back to Dr. Langdon. She's been touting a study by the ABC Collaborative over the past month. The study claims that through universal masking, we can get transmissions down to one out of 3,000 among school children. And, and they actually looked at from March to June of 2021, all of the elementary, middle, and high schools in North Carolina who were practicing Plan A, that is full five-day-a-week attendance in school with mask wearing. And they evaluated in-school transmission rates and found that universal masking could curb transmission of the COVID-19 virus to one in 3,000. That is phenomenal, that is encouraging, and that is exciting. So we have real-time, real-life data documenting and proving the efficacy of the use of universal masking in a public school setting to make school settings safe, to make it okay to go back to full-time face-to-face instruction as long as these recommendations are followed. Now, I don't doubt this research. The problem is this study only looked at North Carolina schools last year that had mask mandates. The study didn't consider schools that had optional masking. This isn't exactly an apples to apples comparison. It's not even apples to oranges, it's just apples. The CDC, however, did do a study that compared mask mandated versus mask optional schools in Georgia last year. That study proved that the difference in transmission is statistically negligible. There's also data out this week from the state of Florida that showed no statistical difference in the transmission rates of COVID-19 in Florida schools that were mask optional versus those with mandate. This data was taken in the first month of this school year, so it does include variant Delta data. Dr. Langdon is also touting a study by the CDC that says schools with, without mandated masking are three and a half times as likely as schools with mandates to have a school-associated COVID-19 outbreak. So I don't know if you heard it, but the CDC this past Friday, September 24th, 2021, released three cool studies that documented benefits of children having mask mandates, universal mask mandates in school. And one of the studies, school systems that did not have mask mandates were found to have 3.5 times the number of outbreaks. And this is a study conducted during the time of the Delta variant. Again, I don't doubt this study's results, but what is the definition of outbreak? Outbreak sounds pretty scary, right? So this is the definition of outbreak as defined in the CDC study. A school-associated outbreak was defined as the occurrence of two or more laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 cases among students or staff members at the school within a 14-day period. So two cases over a two-week period is an outbreak. That three-and-a-half number that uh, Dr. Langdon is quoting is, is pretty meaningless, especially once we know the definition of outbreak. And just when you thought, I can't trust this lady any less than I already do, she goes and does a thing like this. And I've 
had parents to ask me this. You've all seen some funny things on television lately and, and on the internet about some less than well-educated parents and the myths that they share. So I just wanna go over these right quick. And if it helps you to think about it, I want you to start thinking about your mask and how very similar it is to underwear. I said it, to underwear. So, I've heard the question, if I wear the mask or my child wears the mask, are they gonna have elevated levels of carbon dioxide, CO2, also called hypercapnia? No, they will not. Do wearing your underwear make your CO2 levels go up? No, neither does wearing your mask. How about, will wearing my mask make my oxygen levels go down, called hypoxia? No, neither the underwear nor the mask will make your oxygen levels go down. So I'm not sure if the good doctor is aware of this or not, but there is a difference between putting a cloth mask over your face and breathing and its effect on your CO2 and oxygen levels, potentially, than wearing underwear. Again, I'm not sure if the good doctor is aware of this, but most of us, we don't breathe or, or talk out of our butts. Moving on. So the question is, as always, where do we go from here? Well, first of all, we need to give credit where credit is due. The Harnett County School Board faltered in August, but they were true to their word. They lifted the mandate as soon as they could. Thank you. Thank you to every one of you that voted to lift this mask mandate. But lifting the mandate isn't the end of this story. We must do more. Healthy children are still missing entirely too much valuable class time due to quarantines. We have to get out of the business of quarantining the healthy. If someone is quarantined because of a so-called exposure, the fastest that they can realistically come back to school is after six days. Six days, that's insane. Asymptomatic spread has been proven to be a fallacy. There is no scientific reason to quarantine someone who does not have symptoms just because they spent 16 minutes within six feet of another kid during lunch who happened to test positive the next day. Other counties have done this, and there's no reason we can't do this in Harnett County. Pender County schools no longer make quarantine or isolation decisions. They've moved that to the county health department. School administrators have no legal authority to make these calls. This was a good decision. Union County is the beacon of hope throughout the state. They've been in a back and forth battle over quarantine and contact tracing with their own health department and the state this entire school year. They recognize that they have no legal authority to quarantine anyone. Our job is not to give up just because it gets tough. Another thing we need to be vigilant about and nip very quickly is bullying and shaming. There are already numerous reports in Harnett County of students being shamed by teachers and other students for not wearing a mask. There are also reports of separate classroom rules for masked versus unmasked kids. For instance, unmasked kids may not be allowed to approach the teacher's desk. They won't be allowed to move about the classroom freely. There's even been open discussion from the administration to their staff of possible segregation. Now, I encourage your older students in middle school or high school, if they're willing to, to go full-blown Project Veritas to out these hateful teachers. There is no place in the classroom for them. There have even been rumors of teachers quitting over this masking policy. Well, I say good riddance. You were probably going to try to indoctrinate our children anyway. Now, we also need to be weary of in-school COVID-19 testing. 
The way it was presented to the school board during the September meeting is that on-site PCR testing would be available to test kids who were exposed or showing symptoms. Basically, they were going to do four-cause testing. This testing would be provided by Mako Medical and was promised to provide next-day results. It was also said that this testing could help get quarantine times down to possibly two days for kids who test negative. Well, that part was a misunderstanding um, about the testing requirements that are required on how long you have to wait to test someone. But that was cleared up in the October meeting. A letter was sent to parents as well to give consent to enroll your child in this testing. A one-time consent to test your child as many times as they like. The four-cause testing that was presented at the September meeting was a front for blanket weekly testing. But don't worry, it's free, right? Well, unless you pay taxes. This is absolutely a racket. Mako Medical stands to make a killing off of one school, much less the entire state. This is not at all what was presented at the school board meeting in September. Do not sign your kids up for this, and if you did, revoke your consent immediately. We've got to stay on top of what's going on in our children's schools. Have open dialogue with your children about their day. What's going on? Have an open dialogue with their teachers. Pay attention to what's being sent home in emails and work assignments. We cannot sit idly by and expect things to work out okay. We have to remain on guard for our children's sake and ultimately the sake of this country. Now, I want to close with a huge shout out to everyone who has been fighting against these mandates in North Carolina and across America. I specifically want to thank those who fought in Harnett County. To every parent, grandparent, student, teacher, and doctor who stood against this by speaking at the board meetings, emailing their board members, sharing information online, sending messages of encouragement, and attending meetings, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We could not have gotten this far without you. But this battle is not over. Stay vigilant. The majority of the children of North Carolina are still living under this tyranny, but I hope that we can be a beacon of hope to those still fighting this battle all around us in places like Johnston County, Brunswick County, Wake County, New Hanover County, Orange County, Mecklenburg County, and many, many more across this great state. Stay strong. We may have been labeled as domestic terrorists now, but our kids are worth it. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.